The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This morning I want to be looking in the book of Luke if you want to turn there. If you follow along that way, we're going to jump right into this passage in Luke chapter 1. Uh, one of the things I was thinking is Sunday we preached on this passage, and so I contemplated, do I do this passage, do I not, since we just preached on it, and I'm going to go ahead because it is, as we do daily devotions, this is one of the core passages of uh, the story of Christ's first uh, coming. And so we're going to look at it. Uh, we mentioned Sunday was the fear of the unknown, the fact that after these announcements came, all of the potential effects of the unknown things that could come as a result of this. Today I want to reference this in a similar fashion, but with a different thought to be the premise. And I've entitled that this morning simply, I didn't see that coming. And so I want to not just be practical, I want to make sure that we dig a little bit into the theology and the history and the prophecy of what's going on. And so again, obviously we only have about 15 to 17 minutes we take, um, so we won't be able to go back too deep into it uh, as we might continue depending how the study goes. But um, Luke chapter 1, I'm going to start reading in verse number 26, it says this, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Verse number 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and, he sh- and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Verse 34 says, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man, or seeing that I am a virgin? Verse 35, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon me, and the power of the Highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth shall also conceive a son in her old age. And this is a sixth month with her who was also called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. So I'm going to start with this thought we talked about. I didn't see that coming. And really, please understand that the the primary premise of what we're reading over all these verses is what we call the announcement. Um, It's the announcement. It's the second time that this messenger angel, Gabriel, has been sent from God uh, to a human to announce Uh, to give an announcement that was ultimately a fulfillment of prophecy. If you remember, we spoke uh, last couple episodes about the first announcement, uh, which came to Zacharias in the temple, about his wife, both of them of older age, but how his wife of an older age would have a son, uh, something they'd been praying for for probably their entire marriage, looking forward to, and now they were going to be blessed with one that was a fulfillment of prophecy. And trust me, that would mean special to Zacharias as a, as a priest would fully understand the prophecy we mentioned from the end of Malachi. He would come in the power of Elijah and would turn the hearts of the people back to God and back to Jesus. So this was the beginning, an announcement of that would take 400 years 
to result in itself, which happened when he announced to Elizabeth, to, to Zacharias. And so now the angel's been sent six months later to, to Mary to explain her aspect. And obviously a big point, the, the forerunner of Jesus had been announced and now uh, was, was just a few months away from being born, Jesus's cousin. And now Jesus has been announced. The Messiah has been announced in fulfillment of prophecy and comes to a lady named Mary. Now, please remember, Mary was very young. It's easy to, it's, it's, it's possible to believe she might have been 16, 17 years old. That was not abnormal. And uh, in those days, the way they did things very different uh, for a lot of different reasons, not even necessarily right or wrong. But so she's getting this information. She's engaged to Joseph, who was of the lineage of David. That in itself was the fulfillment of prophecy as the, as the Jewish people were told that God would come out of the line of David. Can, can I just take a second and just talk a little bit about what it meant for Jesus to come through the line of David. I mean, first of all, David, if you study David, as much as we love to study the Psalms and are encouraged by David, if you really study his life, he's known as much or more for his mistakes, his failures, or his sins than he is his successes. Yeah, we know David and Goliath and things of that nature, but we also know about Bathsheba. We know about the counting and numbering of the people. So many different things, but yet in all of that, he kept a sensitive heart to God. And was willing, as Psalms once in one of the chapters in Psalms mentions, his repentance to God and accepting, unfortunately, the consequences of his actions. And yet God ultimately called him a man after my own heart. But in that same thing, there were, you know, um, I have the harlot was in there and there's a whole list. Um, Ruth was in there, who wasn't even of the Jewish line, being married to Boaz. And you look at all of the different things and really even the lineage of David, lineage of Jesus leading up to Mary and Joseph coming together. You look at the grace of God and the grace of God being who he wanted to be influenced. He wasn't coming from just a pure line of great religion, religious spirituality or wealth or things of that nature. Every one of them have something in their life where you can see God's hand and God's grace in their lives as they work their way towards this announcement. And so this is not only a great fulfillment of prophecy, this is just a great encouragement, reminder of the amazing grace of God. Um, but it's interesting, so I ask this question, why is it so important in verse number 27 that it was mentioned that it was to a virgin, a, a virgin? Why is that such a big deal? And, and by the way, the very debatable term, you go back to this verse. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which of course we know to mean God with us. Why is that important? Actually, if you get in, many, especially the Old Testament, the Jewish people would argue that the word virgin does not really mean virgin, it just means young lady. And here's the point. If it's not a virgin, it is just a young lady who therefore could have been sexually active. In that case, it would have been just a human man. And then the argument that Jesus was not divine, was not the Messiah, has more argument behind it. But yet we know in this, that this was a virgin because it was repeated in the New Testament. I remember many that do not want to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, just deny the New Testament completely. But there's a very important part, in fact, it's one of the core foundational principles of our beliefs that Jesus was came to a virgin because here's the point, he did not have a human father. It had to be a divine father and having a divine father coming to a woman who was a virgin shows his 100% humanity coming through Mary and his 100% deity coming from God. So he could, as was need to be, to be Jesus, to, to um, be the priest who was 
who understood all of our temptations, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin, to be that man to walk the earth and understand the humanity and the limitations of the, of the hunger and the frustration and, the, and all those different things that come with humanity, but to be divine God, to be able to pay for all my sins upon the cross, all was necessary that this fulfilled prophecy of, of Mary being a virgin was absolutely necessary. We see in this the deity of Christ. We see in this the proven deity of Christ, which reminds us we do not just worship another religious figure. We worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. But then we go down to verse um, number 31, where it says, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Listen to this section of Scripture. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. We see here fulfilled prophecy. Now, please understand something. There is a prophecy being fulfilled, or at least it's, it's announcing, listen, your son will be the fulfillment of a prophecy that you've been waiting for and you've heard about from your forefathers. From the prophets of old, you know this will happen and you will be in this line. Now, obviously, one thing we have to understand, this has yet to happen. Jesus did not, in his earthly ministry, in the, three, in, the, in the 33 and a half years he lived in this earth, Jesus did not reign for in kingdom, uh, did not reign on the throne of David. As a matter of fact, that I believe was one of the reasons he was such a popular man as the Messiah, was people missed the fact that they thought this was his second, his second coming, his final coming. He was going to rule and reign, and yet this was him to come and to bring salvation to the world because his coming is still in our future. Even today, it's still in our future. So we look, he, he will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. He will be given the throne of his father, David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob or over Israel. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. That is still coming. But it's in the fulfillment of prophecy seen in Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord will host, of the Lord of hosts, will this perform this. She was to be part of a fulfillment of prophecy. Again, why is that important? Because it's another reminder this is not just another person in human history. This is not just another person in Christian history. This is the King of kings and Lord of lords. We see number, let's go to the last thing. We see the great power of God in verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be? Saying, I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is a sixth month with her, who, shall be, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed unto her. I love the phrase, For with God nothing shall be impossible. I was reading this morning in a commentator, commentary that some of the people who want to debate this story to be as we're talking about it say, How is it even possible that a virgin can have a baby? That's not even humanly possible. Well, yeah, that's why it says, With God all things are possible. But here's a question. If God is able, 
to create the earth out of nothing, how would, he not, how would he not be able to do this? Well, he is, and he was, and he did. And I think those are some things that we really need to you know, look at, is these are some powerful truths. Now, most of us watching this have just come to accept this as a fact. This is just the way it is, and you know, we don't need to be convinced of the truth of this, but I think we need to be reminded how truthful it is, because these are some of the foundational debates that the world has today over whether or not Jesus is who he claims to be. Many want to say, well, yeah, he was a good man and he did good things, but he wasn't God. Can I remind you, he claimed to be Jesus. He claimed to be the Messiah, to be God. So either he was who he claimed to be or the greatest blasphemer to ever walk the earth. He had to be who he was. He could not have been just a good man. I can also tell you that just because Mary was part of this doesn't make her divine. Too many people of focused in religions focus their attention at or above Jesus to Mary. And why she was a virgin her whole life? No, she wasn't. Jesus had brothers and sisters. And I know there's a debate where Jesus says, who is my brothers, who is my sisters, but these people. He was talking about, he had moved on to his earthly ministry. But Jesus, Mary, and the Bible says, knew, knew him not, was, did, did, did not, was a virgin, even in marriage, until after the birth of Jesus. And then she went on to a normal married life. Mary was just a, a godly young lady that God used and had to be human. Why? But to allow the humanity of Jesus. Both of those absolutely had to be needed. These are not small things, just little neat things put in the Bible story. These are foundational core things to what we hold on to that give us all that we hold on to. If he wasn't Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, then all we hold dear to is not there. It's wrong. And we know it is, and we're grateful for that. And we hold on to that. If you have not placed your trust in Jesus and you're watching this or listening to this, this is the core. This is what makes a relationship with Jesus and Christianity so different than religion. Because it's not about you, it's about him and what he has done and wants to do in your life. For those of us who live every day in our Christian, in our Christian journey, that's exactly what this is. It's about what Jesus wants to do through us and for us for his glory. And believe me, we give him the freedom to do that. Thank you for taking time on this Wednesday to join us. We hope to see you tonight either here, again on live stream or tomorrow on property. And I know it's cold, but I hope if you can make it, I hope you will. I hope you make a point to come out and join us tonight. And, uh, and then Sunday morning again, nine o'clock for the mitigating services or 10 o'clock for our normal service. And we look forward to seeing you again and maybe and hopefully looking forward to seeing you again tomorrow.